This is Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, and with me are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Gentlemen, although it was it was Saints the other night, I think we're probably better still start with, with Dundee United because they are they remain the the biggest story on our patch just now. I think well, Dundee's Dundee's result in midweek probably gave them a run for their money, right enough. But uh, United, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my take first of all because that's the, that's the first time I've seen them in, in the flesh. Jim, you've been a, you've been a regular mm. at Tannadice this season. I was quite. I mean, I kind of we all built this game up as a real a real biggie for 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 good reason, I think. And to, I was taken aback by by United in that first half. And yes, they got they got better on the back of substitutions for both teams. But I mean, you, first of all, we we'll have to say United are where they deserve to to be. If that if that's a reflection of how they defend and how they go about their their business in midfield, then they are certainly where they deserve to be. You've got to start with the, the basics of defending. I mean, I've I've never seen. I mean, you, you kind of you work on the theory that a back three, for obvious numerical reasons, gives you more security. But St. Johnson don't score goals like that. Just you know, a base. No teams usually at that level scores goals like that first goal where it's just one ball and and a, a defense is totally undone. To use. Uh, Paul Sturrock's favourite word, which you would have heard a lot of time as well, Jim. It was frightening, was it mm. not? Yeah, frightening is, is a word. And I think, uh, much more importantly, um, they're now out of excuses. Yeah, that's a good I th- point. I think that's, that's the key point. thing. I mean, when, when, you know, when you're sitting on uh, eight games played and you've got two points and you've conceded 22 goals and you've only scored four, then you are absolutely, you know, you're, you're relegation candidates. Not won a league game, drawn two, lost six. I mean, and, and now three points are definitely albeit county of a game in hand. But, you know, a, a noticeable gap now starting to develop between United and, you know, St. Johnson. So United along with Ross County. Would have been even worse if Saints had been Kilmarnock. Absolutely. <laughs> and that, 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 that's, that's, that's one small kind of scintilla of um, comfort for United after, uh, you know, for what happened last night, but the, but the truth of the matter is, um, United are absolutely in a relegation battle, and this is where we, we touch on Dundee, you know, later on as well. But this is where you get to the stage where you hear players saying, you know, you know, we're better than this, or we're too. Oh, good. I think but, Tony Watt was not. ill-advised, wasn't it? <clears throat> Tony yeah, Watt. I mean, that's, he, not, he, he did the, the post-match, and he, I don't <clears> think he right. said I mean, we're too good to go down. Yeah, I think he said we're yeah. basically we're too good to be in a relegation battle. Mm. Well, they're going to be there till the World Cup at least, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And, and I mean, there, there comes a stage, I mean, you know, I, I think even as far as, you know, last Saturday, I was saying, look, you've got the chance now to prove they're, they're actually a better squad than results have, have indicated so far. But th- there comes a stage, just as at the end of the season, the league table doesn't lie. There comes a stage very quickly where, you know, the results and the performances don't lie. Um, and, and you know, at the minute, United's performances aren't lying either. You've you've got, you know, um, you've got a goalkeeper in Ericsson who's is, is not, not, not as bad as some think, but he's he, he has not, to me, top quality. I mean, the way he 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 almost kind of you know he, he almost went down too early and showed too much of the goal for yeah, Steve Mason's goal. Albeit was taken very well. He doesn't. No he's not had an absolute shocker, has he? He's not thrown. No, one in no, yet, that, that's but right. It's just, but then it's just certain things yeah. you look at him and you think that's just not quite right, is it? And no, and, and, and that's Stevie why Stevie May goal no, being one of them. 
Yeah, but I'm not pinning it on him by any manner of means, Eric, because the defence in front of him is not doing the job. You've got a couple of wing, but I mean, you had, uh, was it Freeman and Behitch on the weekend who kind of, you know, certainly not marauding full backs, not getting forward, not kind of wing backs in that traditional kind of sense or don't look like it. Uh, Ryan Edwards just, you know, uh, it just isn't doing the business in, in, in the middle of the park. He'd Smith alongside him. I feel for Ross Graham, um, whose career has been up and down. They moved to Dunfermline, came back, looked last season like it was going to be an absolute standout. I mean, at one time I tipped him, I thought this might just be his season to break through, as it is. He's having to try and carry older, more experienced campaigners. The midfield is a disaster area. Um, Levitt seems to have kind of gone to sleep on the job. Harks, um, you know, I mean, I like Harks. I think he's got energy and, uh, and all the rest of it. But, you know, when, when, you, when you're not making killer passes, when you're not winning balls, when you're not doing any of these things. And what are you there for? Either, yeah. What, what are you, you there, there for? for? Um, you know, McGra- early, early days for McGrath, I'd, I'd be, you know, I, I wouldn't be overly keen to pass judgment. He's probably, probably the best of them. Probably the best, best of them. Best of a bad say. bunch at the moment. Yeah. Up front, I mean, Fletcher is all the talent in the world. There's no doubt about that. But I mean, totally isolated, you know, and, and, and started, um, you know, they started on Saturday with uh, Anuku. Uh, uh, up front who kind of undoubtedly will entertain uh, in terms of kind of you know um, if it was you me and the boys at five of sides um, he'll do stuff but, off the know, cuff probably won't uh, he just off the cuff and, uh, and all the rest of it. he's got he's undoubtedly got ability on the ball he's got fine touch skill and all the rest of it but what, you know how he, I mean this is professional football so it's it's end result that counts what do you do with the ball so very well you know there was one magnificent wee moment where he beat three men with a flick up each time over their heads each time out on the right hand side and it was lovely it was great to watch it was World Cup stuff but it didn't take them anywhere you know and, and the result was still the same that's the sort of stuff you can showboat like that when you're you know three up four up so right through that, there was undoubted improvement. You know, they made they made changes with Niskanen coming on, Middleton, Mikison, and, and Tony Watt. And Watt took his goal well. In fairness to him, it's been a, a real problem for him in terms of goals, getting goals. Um, but they just looked like a side um, utterly devoid of confidence. Um, and and more worryingly, they look like this a side. You know, short on desire, on drive, on passion and energy and all the other things that you need. So, you know, being a professional footballer, look, we were all at school with boys that were great footballers. We all played, you know, in Sunday league teams with boys that were smashing players. And sometimes you thought, why did he no make it as a pro? Because there were umpteen other deficiencies, lack of energy, lack of desire, hunger, you know, can be bothered, a million and one things. You get that in the professional game as well. And, and looking at that Dundee United side, there are so many component parts that go towards making up a team who should perform at their best. Um, on paper, we keep saying they're a good side, but the game's not played on paper. And, and now, the, the, you know, the jury is no longer out on this. I think the jury's made the decision from now on for the rest of the season. It's got to be simply hard, hard graft for United to pull anything out of this season um, because they, they can't uh, they can't add to the squad in any meaningful way, certainly not before January, even if they can then, I doubt if the money's there to make a substantial difference because they're already lashing out a lot on, on very good wages and all the rest of it. So, you know, the jury is now out and has made its decision, and that decision is a pretty grim one. I mean, to me, they're smack bang um, relegation candidates the way they're playing. I mean, Sean, uh, Jen did a good job of covering all bases there. It's it's pretty much from 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 back to back to front. Do you, there is a theory that uh, a holding midfielder solves a multitude of sins in this. In this Dundee United team, do you do you subscribe to that theory? I think it could make a big difference for them. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, obviously, that there have been a couple of deficiencies discussed. Major ones. Defence would be one, and the midfield would be the other one. Um, haven't scored a great deal of goals either. But I, I mean, I do think that there are certain positions in a team that that are kind of crucial to 
to everything really, um, whether you've got the ball or whether you don't. And, and I think one of those positions is that kind of holding midfield role. Um, and I think that's where they really, really look the weakest. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 the, the, the eternal optimist in me would <laughs> look at it and say that, yeah, you know, if you can get the right sort of player Craig's, in there. Craig Sibbald must be terrible in training if he's not, if he's well, not getting a game in that team. Well, I, I think Liam, Liam, Liam Fox addressed that, you know, uh, the other day and said he could, if he's frustrated, then he, he would understand it. And yes, on the evidence that we've seen up to now, by God, yeah, he must be frustrated um, because what, what, what? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is the question. Cause I was going to say, what's he got to do to get in? So, God knows, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, to me, I mean, I think it is a crucial position and I think they are severely, severely lacking there. Um, and obviously we heard the the other day um, from Alan Temple, we reported that um, former Hearts player Arno Jum, uh, who's a Cameroonian internationalist, I believe it was, well, who was, um, is on trial with United and... I mean, I think back to watching him. I can't when he remember was much Hearts. about him. I must admit, but well, I saw I saw a fair bit of him because this was during the the old roving Sunday Post days. So um, he was very good in that in that particular role. So, but this but this was sort of four or five years ago um, at this point. So obviously, I think he's thirty three now. So you know, time marches on, and 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 players change over time, physically and what have you. But that's not to say that, you know, while while they may lose things physically, they, they gain in other ways too. So um, he's, he's on the evidence that I've seen when he was at Hearts, he's certainly the right type. Um, so whether it's the right stage of his career for Dundee United or not is a different question, but I guess that's what they'll be assessing, whether they're looking at him when he's on trial. Um, but I, I, I do think that the, the addition of somebody who can sit in there and, and do that job effectively. And I don't mean like passively, I mean, well, I think that would make a difference because, you know, we, we've said on paper, it's a decent side. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe not. On paper, there are decent players there. I think that's, that's certainly the case. I think perhaps they're not, as a squad, as well balanced as they would like to be. There are deficiencies in defence and there are deficiencies in midfield. So I think that's, that's, that's become evident, uh, very evident at this stage. So that is what, well, you would imagine uh, be being focused on um, in terms of changing the squad. And yes, we are in October, and you know the window doesn't open until January, so you're restricted to to players who are free agents and haven't haven't played anywhere else um, this season uh, up to now until January. But you know. Um, Let's see what happens. I do. I do think without without a change, without incomings, I think they're, they're going to continue to struggle the way that they are at the moment. And um, I mean, we saw with St Johnston last last year. They were kind of once it got to sort of October. That's in November. That's yeah. when it sort of really well, dipped. I, and I then they were hanging on till the, January at that the point. United, you know? and, I, and I'm only taking it on on seeing them the once there. But to me, they looked like. The worrying thing I would say for United is they look like the St. Johnson of at the just as they were on their knees getting into the end of December. You know, remember sort of like mm. a home to Ross County, uh, possibly a way to Dund. I mean, maybe a wee bit earlier than that, but and they were. Cl- I think they had, more, I think they had more of the ball than that St. Johnson. But, St. John- but I'm talking about. I'm talking about in terms of the, the they look like. 
they're on the floor as in terms of confidence, basic, just cohesion, effort even. And St. Johnson uh, looked I like St. Johnson looked like that by about end of November, end of December. And I don't know. What do you, do you, what do you are, think there, there was? Are, do you think there was enough I think effort there in are that de- United there are team? Clear, no, no, no. I think there are clear deficiencies in 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 this in the eleven and in the squad. I think there are holes there. I really do. And we've discussed what those are, but but beyond that, I mean, I do think there were there were moments where they looked all right, you know. And I'm not saying they looked like world beaters or anything like that, but certainly not absolutely dreadful. I mean, there are there are players in there who who can control a football and pass it around and whatever. Now they didn't really do much with the possession. Like terms of just track tra- basic well. football basics like tracking runners. Um, well, that you know, was that was deficient. Mid, yeah, absolutely. And the but back. This is what we're talking about. That's where the hole. That's where the hole is that they've got. So yeah, there there are, there are problems there for sure. But I don't I don't think it's and and if they don't solve those problems, then they're going to have a big problem. That's that's absolutely true. But I think if they find a way to 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 fill those holes adequately, it's not going to be a total disaster. Um, I don't I don't think that I don't think they're going to continue the way they have if they can if they can solve the problems that are obvious then i think they've got a chance at turning it around and i'm not i'm not saying they're going to be shooting for europe or anything like that and then we they, even at that point could have a discussion about about success and failure and what what those are for dundee united um but where they are now certainly is a failure uh, and that's what needs to be addressed first and foremost but i do i do think that the particular failings in terms of the squad are are obvious and if you can if you can fill that gap then we can start to look at, you know, I think if the, they're, they're maybe lacking in belief at this point, because when you get on a run like that, right, and you start as a player to think, oh, shit, this is deficient here. And it's not set, we're not in a position where we're, we're even coming into games with like real optimism of winning them. It, that sort of snowballs, I think. And again, I'm leaning on St. Johnson, and I think we saw that a little bit last season. It was like, oh, fuck. How, how are we getting out of this? And the belief starts to drain. And I think that the risk is for United that you get into a position like that. And I think they probably are a little bit. And that's Liam Fox's job to try and lift them out of that. But it's difficult when there is what I think is a, a clear deficiency in, in, in how, how the squad looks. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, so. the comparison I would make though, Jim, is if you're looking at St. Johnson last year and Dundee United this year is St. Johnson had more they had more points in the back. They were far deeper in the season before this, this sort of scenario happened. Because let's remember they got to they got to a League Cup's semi final, you know, which was which was November, I think, wasn't it? And there's a there's a there's a lot and maybe the, the World Cup kinda helps them a bit, United, because it t- eats eats up a chunk of the uh the pre January part of the, the season where they're not the, the you know, there's when the you know they get closer to that window without actually doing anything and potentially losing points, but it's yeah. But that's the me, problem, Eric. They're, they're now looking for extraneous circumstances to come to the rescue. Things like it's a World Cup, so we'll not have any games on. You know, uh, it'll give us time to. You know, I mean, what, what you're trying to figure out is, you know, what what exactly is the, the problem? We've gone, we've gone through kind of back to front now. I mean, you know. Um, Conceding too many goals, we've seen that already, you know, already. No scoring enough. Um, the midfielder, I always feel that kind of this notion of holding midfielder um, doesn't really answer enough questions because it's not really, a, it's a holding giving midfielder, isn't it? You know, you're there as, as the kind of link to, you know, between um, almost 
almost kind of the attacking force, indeed even midfield and defence, you know, to, to kind of protect your defence, but also you're looking to to be the type of player to maybe help start attacks. I mean, Jim actually, Jim had not, not a bad scoring record as I remember at Hearts. I think he's like one in seven or something. Like that. You know, but he's been in Saudi Arabia and then Cyprus. So whether that would be the answer, and I think this comes down to more than just one man as a part of the, the jigsaw. There is undoubtedly a confidence issue. Now, whether... I'm not going to get into my favourite subject about sports psychology and all the rest of it, but undoubtedly there are mind games going on here. And when you're losing games every other week, some of them heavily and, and, and others when you think you've done quite well possession-wise, which sometimes they've done, but they're still losing, then that starts to have a really kind of damaging effect on the psyche of anyone. I mean, one of the you know one of the most challenging things for any top footballer, for any top athlete, is staying on top of the mind. You know, it's just kind of having that, that kind of constant, con- constant, that constant confidence if you want, you know, even when things are going kind of pretty grimly as they are at the moment and, you know, and there's people like us sitting kind of debating what's going on and we don't have the full picture, we, you know, we, we, we see we see 10-15 minutes of training but we don't see all of it, we don't see what's going on in the uh, in the dressing room, we hear bits and bobs and, and all the rest of it, we're, you know in that respect we're a bit privileged but um, but ultimately there's much more to it than that and then there's wee cliques within dressing rooms and this is not just in the United, this is right, right through the game but at the moment the key thing is it's not working. And the other thing, the model seems to have kind of changed. You know, surreptitiously, you're looking there and you think, well, you know, Graham came through the, the reserves and, I mean, you know, young Freeman there. But the rest of it are kind of, you know, incomers and big money incomers. Many of them will look at the bench at the weekend. Well, you know, what's kind of... I liked Makison. You know, he, he was yeah, the only bright spot for me when he but came But at one on. stage you were looking, there was three and four uh, kids on the bench. Now, now all of a sudden there's not. I mean, I met a, you know, an agent who does a bit of business with United the week and he'd, he'd three guys up from London, a couple of things from Brentford and one from Uganda, you know. So they're, they're looking all the time to, you know, to see, to see what they could do, what they can bring in, where they can fill holes. Um whether they can do it. I mean, it's not. It, this is not a terminal stage of the season, but they are absolutely in a relegation battle now. And and you know, to be honest with you, you know, once once a quarter of the season is gone, that's a much better time, I think, to actually make the assessment. But you know, we're not far away. We're, we're only what three games short of the, the quarter of the season, and United are really, really isolated, badly isolated. I mean, top six. <laughs> Top six is a yeah, but a, a distant memory now. I mean, you know, the the, the club in sixth, uh, Motherwell are eleven points ahead of them. Hearts in seventh are eleven points ahead of them. You know, so they're undoubtedly in a relegation battle. So the the great kind of hopes that they had about in Europe this year, maybe this is a start of building, building something big. Because in fairness, it has been kind of steady as you go progress for United, but it's just falling apart at the seams. I, I mean, I I do actually wonder now whether they should have fought a lot harder to try and keep Tom Courts. Um, but that's you know that there's no any point looking backwards. They are where they are, and they must find an answer. And the answers um, to the questions, because the questions are many, will need also to be many because they've got defensive issues, midfield issues, striking issues, and arguably goalkeeping issues as well. So they've got issues all over the park. And and at the moment there are no no there's no real sign that they're close to the breakthrough in solving them. I think uh, Jim mentioning Tam Courts there. I think it. it I think the fundamental issue for United and the fundamental issue for, for Liam Fox now is which direction does he go, Sean, right? Because I think we can now see that the Mickey Mellon stroke Tam Courts approach got out the brought brought the best out of those defend they weren't asked to do, you know, they were deep. They were, you know, they kind of played for if if we, it kind of felt always, I mean we said umpteen times, it felt as if, you know, 
a nil nil's fine and we'll anything else we'll get will be will be decent. That was kinda how it how it went. Jack Ross has tried to change things, hasn't he? He's he's tried to make them more expansive. You can just tell by the signings and just the way that they were the way that were playing when it and when it came off it, you know, against as we keep keep saying against Altmar, it, it was it was superb. So but they don't look he does Liam Fox now think we just need to do what what Quartz and Mellon did and we just become we become a really a, a back five almost and we try and we try and just get us get our way out of it that way which you know has its logic you could you could kind of say to continue this in Johnson analogy that was kind of how they they give them gave themselves a platform didn't they but at the moment do you do, do United now have the makeup the balance of a team to do that because they have so many progressive thinking midfielders and forwards a lot of them they need to keep happy it's it's a conundrum all right isn't it uh-huh. well yeah i mean it's it's it, i guess after a a couple of years of that sort of i mean if you want to call it pragmatism i guess under under melon certainly i think you would call it that um tam courts uh yeah probably probably became similar they just got um, better at it didn't they yeah and then I think under under the circumstances, I think it's natural to desire a kind of a positive evolution in your team, if you like. Um, So I can understand, and I think I said this at the time, I understand completely why United appointed Jack Ross when they did. Um, And I understand why, as well, part of the mission would have been, let's get this team playing playing some decent football. Um, Now... It didn't work clearly. Uh, <laughs> other than that one game against Altmar, as you say, that looks increasingly just like a strange outlier, very, <laughs> very odd. Uh, but you know, a great performance, and then they got that terrific result. But the, the one after that, just as we've said before, it just looks to have absolutely killed them. Um, and clearly, there's been seismic change since then with the new manager and whatever. So yeah, the question now for Fox is what what happens now? And I, I you know, if I were in his shoes. I think I would be leaning towards the pragmatism again. I would <laughs> because, be too, yeah. Um it's it's a case now as as I kind of touched on there, I think, of of you know, you're 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 already looking to to kind of reinforcements. Um and, and one key area in particular, but probably two, I think defensively as well. Centre of defence you'd be looking for for something because that hasn't been great either. Um but you're if you're already looking to reinforcements, then I I think really the question is, what are our strengths, and how do how do we how do we protect what we've got at the moment? And I think, kind of, uh, the evidence would suggest at the moment that playing an open brand of football and 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 keeping the ball and working it side to side and 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 keeping a high line and trying to go go about things that way isn't working for them. So um, I, I think uh, on the on the basis that you know, protecting yourself as as <laughs> at least gives you some sort of platform. Uh, that would be the way that I would be looking to, to play from now until, you know, things change. The one thing I would say, though, is I mean, against St. Johnston is that later in the game, I think, you know, the, the substitutions that Liam Fox made did make them better. 
uh, when the likes of Mikasin came on, I was actually impressed by him. So, oh, I mean, he would, he would be one that I would I would I would throw in as, as somebody who's sort of knocking on the door to for more involvement. He's not going to answer. It'll have to be at the expense of a uh, of a Levitt or a exactly McGrath, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well stocked well, in that I mean, position. Levitt is such a difficult one because obviously you've, you, he was fantastic last season, and you know they've spent really good money on him to bring him up here, um, but. I, I don't think he was great against St. Johnson at all. In fact, I think he was poor. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I suppose the question comes down to, do, do you do you, do you you drop a guy despite the fact that you spent that money on him? Is that going to send the message that you wanted to send or is it going to, is the, is the risk that, you know, toys get chucked out of the pram and then you've got a bigger problem with a guy that you've chucked money on. So, you know, Liam Fox will know better than me on that front and, you know, it's his job to know better than he's me. He's got a few, he's got a few but, of those um, goals. Yeah, they they did get better with the subs, so I I I don't think it's like oh completely doom and gloom because I, I do think there are positives there, but there is a big one, what well, at least one, possibly two big questions that need to be answered before this the tone of this season will change. Was uh, was that a as our as our Levitt watcher Jim was? How's his general form been? Um, what have you what have you made of it um, this season compared to last? I don't think he's at anything like the kind of form we saw last season um, from America. Um, and yet, you know, you know, I mean, I'm, kind of, I'm tempted to think there that all they need to do is do what they did in that game um, against against Altsmar back in August. You know, the, the one 0 game where they were tremendous. I mean, that, that, that's that's the absolute conundrum here with exactly that same squad. In fact, not that far away from start line of the weekend, they gave a magnificent performance, you know, because it was energy, tempo, drive right from the start. They were at it, they were firing off, they played at a high tempo. I think that's important as well. I can't, I, 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 you know, there, there's a couple of things I can't stand in the game with teams who are not Manchester City or Liverpool. And that is playing it out from the back, because most teams just can't do it. You know, they just, they, they're incapable of doing it. You know, you three passes across the back, you put your goalie under pressure, you put your right back under pressure, you give it back to your centre defender. He's no sure what to do with it. You either lump it up the goes park. Goes to the goalie and he loves yeah, it, yeah. And you lose it about four moves later. You know, it doesn't work, yeah. Um, so, and the other thing I hate is, is is when that moves up the park, when you play that slow tempo, eight, nine passes across the middle, and then you've got to try and up it. And I think you get yourself very quickly, when you start off at a slow tempo, you get yourself into a mindset like that you know so you're not zipping about you don't zip the ball about you don't kind of you're not aggressive you know not nearly aggressive enough now I mean that you know United were all of those things and more that night against um, Altmar it was a great performance Glenn Middleton who you know I'm yet to be convinced on scored a terrific goal so you know that was a squad of players that were able to do that and you think well okay you know what went wrong subsequently well what went wrong was a week later they went and got scudded 7-0 and, and and then took a, a tanking from Hearts, St. Mern, and, and and Celtic, and you know, in quick succession, losing a, a, a you know a barrel load of goals in the process. So, you know, on the face of it, <clears throat> there's a team in there, but they're just not doing it in the park for all of the reasons and more. They don't defend well enough. The two goals, I mean, they were caught so high up the park with a lob. Considine lobs that Stevie May has all the time in the world to almost amble through, pick his spot, put it away. Uh, and similarly, with the second goal, nice ball down the right-hand side. Inside, there's about three or four defenders in the area. No one is close. And and, and it was Melbourne, wasn't it? P- puts it away. You know, you just think, this is, this is it's not comic cuts defending, but what are you doing on the training ground all week? Now, it might well be that Liam Fox is as angry as anyone else because he'll be working and schooling guys and coaching them all week. And then, you know... You, 
you make these daft mistakes within uh, uh, you know a fraction of a second. But that, that, that that's pro football. You've got to cut them out. You've got to win the ball in midfield. It's not very well saying you want a holding midfielder, but you've got to have. You've got. To, it's not just holding the, the the ball. You've got to then give it to the creatives who actually create with it. Uh, and at the moment, the creatives are not creating, perhaps because they're not getting the ball. Although when they do get the ball. And there's, you know, I've just seen a little to suggest that that Levitt and Harks are, are not in the vicinity to get enough of the ball. What are they doing with it? You know, and, and are they getting it to the front men? Uh, and then are the front men doing anything with it? There's all of these things. It's just it's a whole joined up package that's not joined up, and they need to find the answers to join it up quite soon. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd be, I'd be persistent with Levitt because I think, yeah, I think Sean touched on it. It was, uh, you know, he they were getting better and. Yeah. He's he is a class act. He, he, he you've you've got to. I mean, you've you've got to hang your hat on a few folk. And I think, so yourself, I think he's. You probably give yourself a bigger ones. problem if you drop him. Oh yeah, I think he's one of the ones that that. Well, you I think really... dressing room boys, you give yourself a problem, and plus, I mean, he's he's got a goal on him as well. I mean, he can take yeah, a goal. So, you know, that, well, that, you that's the other Harks, thing. So I mean, I think, Harks, you've, I think you've got Stuart, to persevere with him. You know, Harks is one I wouldn't be persevering with. I have to say, I'd be I'd be giving him a spell on the. Uh, on the bench for sure. Um, McGrath, I think I'd, I'd want to see more from McGrath. I know. I think, I think it was a huge moment in the in the first half when it was him, wasn't it? The United had a lovely move down the left. Was it nil nil or one nil at the time? I think it was maybe nil nil. Uh, and he he has the, he just has a perfect opportunity to open his body and shoot for the far corner, and he he just he passes it up literally and pop, pops it off to. Tanaku, and then the, the chance breaks down. You're thinking that's just, I mean, yes, that's a confidence thing, I think. A confidence thing, but it's almost you know, a pass the buck, isn't it? You know, yeah, I, I don't well, want exactly. to take, don't want to take a chance, don't want the crowd exactly. in the back here, you know, exactly. So we shall see. I mean, he's got, you know, Tony Watts, he made a big, big call, obviously, leaving Tony Watt out, but then he brings him on and he scores a goal. And you know, as ever, you know, he's a great post match interview, is, is, is Tony, and his, uh, his, he, you don't really have to. You don't have to work hard to read between the lines, do you? You know, it was like there was a big for for months and months and months. There was very much a narrative, which we've talked about on here, where it was like a case of you know, don't judge me by goals and all the rest of it. You know, it's uh, I'm doing this, that, or the other for the team. I'm happy. I'm happy being creating. Blah 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 blah. blah. He gets his goals and he he, he laid it on the line, didn't he? That if it's in, I'm being told to to, you know play between the posts and, you know, score some goals. It's like, well, if that's what I'm being asked to do, that's what I'll do type thing. So it's a wee, it's a wee subplot, isn't it? Because I think now you take, talk, you, he'll, he'll play on, uh, he'll play on Saturday. I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain about it, but you know, you take him at once, maybe that, that was a big decision for, for Liam Fox. It would have been one he would have known was a big decision. And he was kind of empowered to make it, wasn't he? After the the start he'd made, and the fact that he was now permanent, and all the rest of it, I think you're now kind of you've got to give Tony Rock, Tony Watt a run now, haven't you, Sean? Yeah, I mean uh, after the goal, certainly. I mean that's that's the thing. Yeah, um, you would expect him to be to be there um, going forward now. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's 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 such <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> You know what? Sometimes you just have to say, "I don't know," and I, I just. I've visioned you with a headband there in a week and a, a wee rolly up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's late. That's later on. That's no, no, I know what you mean. I mean, it's just, it was just, it was just seeing. It's just, it was just kind of seeing them for the first time in the flesh. You know, because I'm not. There wasn't. I just didn't expect. 
I didn't expect the defence to be that poor. That's what that's that was kind of that was the bit that shocked me. I think I expected the the lack of confidence. I kind of, and I expected the we've talked about the, the holding midfielder thing for long enough. I, and we've even talked this the kind of scary thing is the goalie situation hasn't really, although we think it can be improved, it hasn't really been a big issue in the last few weeks. So that's but that's still that's still bubbling away in the background. It, it, it's the defensive side of things that really makes me now think oh was was what happened last year was that the was that the uh was that not the norm is what you know what I mean it's it, the I, just when I see an easy ball like that played over the top and defenders not running that that, that makes me think oh dear you know but there we go and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. an issue with tracking from midfield for the second one but I, I mean I do that's as we've said loads of times that they're where the problems lie so that's that's what they need to look at. Yes, right. Next, well, we'll, we'll start with Saints actually. So we'll we'll stay in the in the, the Premiership. It was a they were very good. They were very good at United. Albeit there was a change, there was a momentum shift when the substitute uh, the, and you could kind of, I think the two games maybe extend to, into each other a wee bit. I think we've talked about Saints depth, and in a lot of ways they do have depth, but there was a significant and I'm not pinning this on individuals because it was against Kilmarnock there was a general I think drop of you know I don't know I don't don't know what percentage to put it in but in general they just weren't quite at it the same as they were certainly against United and St Martin and a bit to and also to an extent Ross County so there was a there was a general sort of feeling about that but what we saw uh, against United I thought was since substitutions dropped the level a bit and I think Saints starting lineup dropped the level a bit. And you, you can you can say there was a rate James Brown starting at left wing back, not his natural role. Blah blah blah. Didn't no, you know? He's not, didn't he's look not great, great in the first twenty minutes. Getting forward anyway, is he? No. And Ali Crawford was just kind of. I mean, I'm not gonna. It wasn't all his fault, but he certainly. I think I phrased it. He certainly didn't grasp his opportunity. And that's his first start of the season. You know, he'd been some some sub. Subby appearances have been good, others less so. United was one of the less so ones. He's not really, not really put his imprint on the game at all. Um, so there's a bit of a there was a bit of a drop off basically. And you know, you take take Montgomery out of the team, you took Murphy out of the team. I think Carey's now suddenly feels like you know more of a more of a loss. So there you go. It's that I think that was the I think that's that's where they were at last night, and a team that looked highly motivated and. Sometimes you, you do have to say like the other teams played very well, which they did. Uh, but you know, it's maybe not the the depth isn't quite as it's maybe not quite the depth and quality that we would be thought. Yeah, that that was going to be my takeaway there. It's just that you know that, that there have been definite improvements, and we've been you know keen to point them out. Um, and you know, it's been it's been a great thing, but it's just a, a wee kind of reminder that that is. There's a fragility to it still. Um, they didn't pass the ball well enough, nearly well enough. Yeah, night, yeah. That's, so, that's but I mean, the the one thing that you, you hope for in these scenarios, and on the on the evidence of this season, you know, certainly in the last kind of five six weeks, um, what you would hope is that this is that one kind of poor performance that that will inevitably happen every now and again. Um, to to a club like St. Just and it happens to every club. Celtic will have a bad game every now and again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, 
I, d- I didn't see Aberdeen, but you did. I was I was off that weekend, so I think I think it's probably those are probably the two uh-huh. this season. Yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they were they were non-existent as a as an attacking entity against Aberdeen, certainly. Um, so yeah, what what you have to hope is that this is a blip, because last season, I mean, and and people, well, it's understandable that that supporters will kind of feel that sense of panic creeping back in. Um, after a result like that, because last season, um, I mean, I've used this word before to describe it, and and I'll use it again, but it, it, I'm using it advisedly because I'm I'm not I'm not at all suggesting that this is a wildly serious thing. But last season was traumatic in a football sense, right? For for St Johnson supporters who who became concerned quite early, and that that just went on week after week after week. So there was a lot of frustration and a, and a lot of uh, a lot of concern about what was happening. And I think because we're so, we're still, it's still fresh in the memory last season. So when you have a few weeks of good performances and then one where it drops as it did against Kilmarnock, you know, it's understandable that people go, oh no, here we go again. Because it's still so, still so fresh that, in the that's memory. Part of the sh- that's part of the shame of it, Sean, because I, th- I think beating Kilmarnock would have probably put that to bed, actually. I Aye. think folk would have seen 11 points ahead of bottom. Nine points ahead of second bottom. Cigars, I think folk would have taken a big <laughs> and relax. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh-huh. Which might have, which might not have been a great thing in itself. You just, you just never you just never know. I mean, I'm like I'm like you. I think I think it's not a it's not a lurch back into anything. But, but yeah, there's fragility still, to it. It's yeah. a reminder that yes, you ain't you ain't you ain't out of this yet type thing. You know, which is which is you can take that as a good or a bad thing. It's probably probably not. It's probably it's just yeah. realistic. It's just where they are. Yeah. It's just where mm-hmm. they're at. You know. Jim, I mean, with you, that was the first time you you obviously saw. You were kind of like you were the opposite of me, weren't you? That was the first time you saw Saints Saints in the flesh. I was the first time I'd seen United in the flesh. I guess you did. You come away from it thinking there's a, a team of substance there now. Yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with them, and um, to be honest with you, I mean, I think you know their haul. It would have been great if they won that last night. Even a point would have been terrific. But I mean, a win would have, you know, would have been a, a, a tremendous result. A team, you know, where Derek McInnes is obviously kind of desperate to get them kind of firing away and up because Kilmarnock have spent a good few bob as well. But I mean, it's it's two wins and a draw and one defeat from the last four. So I mean, that, that that's not a, that is not a bad record by any any manner of means. You know, great win against Martin, great win last Saturday. Um, at Tannadice and um, you know in between the draw at Ross County and, and, and a narrow defeat last night and you know a free kick you could do nothing about I mean that was a world class free kick <clears throat> as good as anything you saw in the Champions uh, League last night and you know, arguably a, a a goal which maybe you know you could see Andy Constantine desperately stretching to get the header away um, before it was knocked in. But so you know th- th- that's one of these things. I mean, and and any given normal season, you would expect Kilmarnock to beat St Johnson, St Johnson to beat Kilmarnock. They're two sides of kind of you know arguably similar kind of stature if, if you want. But I mean, I thought that um, the performance against United I thought was excellent. I thought Clark and May, you know, Clark I thought was revelatory in terms of not not in terms of what we thought he was capable. And the way he linked um, with St John's, because I wasn't sure how he'd do, but his link up play back to goal, close to me, laying it off, the whole bat I thought was very good. I thought McGowan was excellent in midfield. Halberg, of course, um, uh, was excellent too, but I thought that the back line were good. And there was, I mean, United had come into it for a spell, there's no doubt about that. There, there was a spell where but I thought kind of the damage had been done by then, you know, and by the time United put them under any pressure. And then I thought um, Saints rallied. So I thought, you know, the five at the back works well for them, right? And Montgomery, I thought, were. were, were very good. Andy Considine kind of looks to some extent reborn as well. Gordon and Mitchell look fine. So, and I really like Remy Matthews. 
Um, I've not seen much of him, but I think he looks a confident keeper. His decision-making is good. His handling's good. I think it was only one occasion he had to come and punch, but he did the right thing where he punched, he oh, made sure he got a distance and he put it right out, right out the park. You know, that, distribution wasn't that. great last night, but you could, see, no, you I, could I mean, say that for the whole team, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's, I mean, it's, it's kind of, there's, there's a tough period in the, and I'm not going to make excuses about, you know, plastic pitch everybody's got to play in that and, and you know and players this generation of players are used to playing on on, on kind of artificial surfaces so kind of I think you struggle nowadays to make that that kind of uh, argument albeit uh, I'm not entirely sure how good the Kelly surface is but um, but the, the performance at Tannerlis was the first time I've seen Saints in the flesh this season I might get a chance to see them this Saturday um, um, against Celtic but I thought they were very good there was a lot to commend it um, and I thought that generally speaking um, they were they were tight they were efficient and I thought that was that, that word efficient for me was the important one I thought there was an economy of efficiency about St Johnson which I thought it was great there was nothing extravagant there was nothing wild or, or tempestuous about them they just did what they were asked to do. They defended well. The midfield won, you know, won, won most second balls, and um, and they supplied the front men when they had to. Well, so I thought all all in all, it was a good performance, and I was I was impressed with them. I have to say, very impressed with them. So we reminder, I think last night as well, Sean was just that you need to you need to start. You need to teams teams like St Johnson and Kilmarnock United. All these teams. It's it's about how they start each half, you know. Just to you know, it makes such a difference. And I don't think Saints were they just they just didn't have the same snap. And I don't, you know, there could well be a there could well be a few reasons for that. Just just not the same zip that in their play that they certainly did. You can usually tell, can't you? I mean, most games you watch, you can you can pretty much tell how how a team's going to play after the first 15, 20 minutes, can't you? And it's that that's what it where it was. I I wouldn't normally we wouldn't normally dwell on a uh, just a sort of end of game consolation, but I think I think we should do with this one because I think that will be well. Callum Davison's been speaking for long enough that you know he's been telling us about Theo Bear and the goals he's been scoring in closed doors game. We saw it with the goal he took against Coverin. Was Coverin as wasn't it in pre season? Um, you know, you get this talk, and you kind of know. You know, again, we're talking about reading between the lines. You kind of know from how Callum speaks that he has belief in Theo Bear. That, for example, he probably never really had in uh, in Ito Vertinen, for example. So well, the fact that the fact that Theo's still there <laughs> probably says a lot. Yes, now. yeah, well, that's yeah. a good start. Yes, but he's. Uh, that was a cracking goal, wasn't it? And, and I know that he wasn't obviously wasn't given it the big celebration, but you could just mm-hmm. see inwardly it was a wee, it was a, one of those wee clinch fist celebrations where he's thinking, "Yes, I've got that monkey off my back." It was, and you could you can see there, you can see the type of goals he could score. It. I know it wasn't quite as spectacular as that one we used yeah, to remember when he was signing. We, yeah. we popped on on all our pieces, you know, the back post one where he just rattled in that volley, but. It was a, it was a, it was a lovely goal, and it was such a shame. It will count for naught, you know. If that had been an equaliser or a winner, you would have been, you know, it's one that would have been getting replayed time and time and time again. So, you know, let's ho- let's hope for him that it does it does take the weight off his shoulders, and he, he can now just you know freeze him up, and he can just you know he seems he does it does feel like the the type of goal he will score. You know, the, the Cove Rangers one was a first-time shot as one. This was just a quick touch, bang. That's that's what he's going to do, isn't he? Yeah, just- yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I think there's there's a lot of goodwill 
uh, towards the owner. And there is. I think you get it, the impression he's a good it. guy who works yeah. hard. And the, the, I mean, you saw it from the supporters at, at Tannerice certainly when he's when he's coming out to warm up and he's you know they're chanting his name as he's walking uh, running down the side of the pitch. And I mean, this is a guy who, let's be fair, has barely barely made a dent in the first team, and, and you know fans are chanting for him. So clearly, there's goodwill towards him, and, and and people want to see him succeed. And I think probably part of part of it is that you know, judging a book by its cover and all that, he looks like a big lad. So I think there's, there's oh, St. Johnson haven't had somebody like that in a while, you know, a big lump of a striker um, for a good few years. So I think there was a, there was an initial excitement about that. But I think what's becoming apparent, the more the more we sort of get glimpses of him, is that actually that's not what, that's not what we should be expecting from him at all. Because uh, that's, that's not his natural game. Um, you know, start earlier in the season. You know, I think Callum tried him. You know, up top, kind of by himself, and uh, indeed against Aberdeen. You know, you know, hold hold the ball up and bring bring players into the game. He looked very uncomfortable doing that. Um, that that is clearly not the way he's played the game uh, up to now in his career, because uh, it, it looks foreign to him. Um, and again, when he came on against United, you know there was again the circumstances are difficult because you're you're now two one up and and you're trying to hang on to a game. So again, he's he's being asked to do that job, and again, he's not that comfortable with it. What he does have is size, so you know people there's a perception that he's good at it, but he's not. But what he what he, what he clearly is more in his wheelhouse is the sort of thing that we saw against Cove and the sort of thing that we've now seen against Kilmarnock as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he is deployed in the future, um, because what what has one of the big positives of the last few weeks for St Johnson has been the development of that partnership between Nicky Clark and Stevie May, and and the impact it's had on on Stevie May in particular, I think, has been quite uh, quite marked. Um, he's more involved in games in a, in a in a positive attacking way than he has been in a while. He looks more confident. Um, you know the goal against United was a terrific finish. Um, obviously that dropped off a bit against Kilmarnock, and and, and Theo's come in. Um, perhaps some question about. I mean, he obviously came on later in the game, but you know whether whether the right striker went off first or you know. Yeah, well, I, I actually, funnily enough, I actually think Stevie was better than Nick. That was Nicky Clark's poorest game by a distance, but I think it's probably you kind of have. You have gave the reason why there that Nicky Clark stays on Hold because up. there isn't yeah. really a exactly. There's not yeah. another Nicky Clark, so if you you know that's what that's what keeps him on. That's what keeps him on when they're, they're trying to get on the pitch, you know. Because yeah, so that that so that looking at what's happened and how things have gone, I mean that again looks like potentially that's that's maybe Theo's way into it would be next to Nicky Clark, but then you know. At the moment, unless there's a horses for courses situation where where Callum Davidson looks at Theo and thinks you are particularly going to be the one that I'm turning to for for this particular game for whatever reason, it's going to be difficult, I think, for Theo to to kind of knock Stevie May out the side at the moment. Um, certainly to get a start, I think, unless there's a particular reason for it. But you know, he's come on against Kilmarnock and he's shown that he's got a certain type of goal in him, and that, that's 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 a positive in terms of getting a monkey off his back, but I think it also illustrates to, to St. Johnson fans what he actually is as well. And he, he's, he's not, I think, what St. Johnson fans have thought he was. He's a different sort of striker to that. And and that can only be a positive thing that, that he's, he's playing that way and, and, and he's got his goal. But you see a fit, don't you? I mean, it feels like it could happen 
rather I mean we, we compare them to Vertina don't we because it's you know it's, it's kind of uh, they're different types of player but you know it, it's been the big the big signing from abroad the big unknown and one one is just it's never quite it's it's never quite looked like it was going to happen and isn't let's face it isn't going to happen you know he's on his second loan at, at Linfield you, you don't you do feel that there is the potential, at least for for Theo Bear, to have a happy ending of sorts, don't you? Hope so. Or do you? Do you? <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. I'm still I, genuinely. I'm I'm still a little bit on the fence about it, and it's not because I don't want I don't want it to happen. But be, being on the fence is probably it's probably better than where I think most of us have made up made up our minds yeah. about Vertine and that he just he just isn't going to be good enough for. For Saints, you know, for the for the Premiership, and, and the fact that he's he's not well, I mean, that's certainly at, would, ripping it up with Lindsay yeah, probably yeah. backs that up. You well, know? that that's probably a major factor. But I, I mean, I certainly think in Callum's case, it, it looks as if he's kind of made his mind up about a two, uh, yeah, and that's yeah. the most important thing at the moment. So yeah, and in Theo's case, likewise. I mean, it, it looks like he's open to. To sticking with him and keeping on working with him and trying to develop and dipping him in and out and giving him a shot, um, so I, I I would love to see him succeed at St Johnston. It's just I think the interesting thing over the last little while is is the realization that if he does succeed at St Johnston, it's not going to be in the way that I think most people thought he would when he came in. Hank banging in headers at the back post, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not going to be that, right, right Jim? Your favourite subject, Dundee, the uh, continuing. Uh ups and downs of Dundee Football Club. And I put I put out a tweet after the I mean, it's they make me angry, Dundee. They really do. I mean they how on earth I mean four four defeats at this stage of the season and four defeats with by conceding a lot of goals. I mean this you don't every I mean it's not one step one step forward, one step back. It, for me it feels like one step forward, two steps back because you just can't, you can't build, you can't put any trust in this team, can you? And that hasn't changed for a good while. No, I mean, this is, <clears throat> to be honest with you, it's grim. Uh, that, that's the bottom line. Four wins, one draw, four defeats. I mean, four defeats for a team who really should, with their budget and the size of squad, be looking to, you know, be blunt, they should be top of the league. That, that's what they you'd be, be looking three or, I mean, They should be where Partick Thistle yeah, are. Absolutely. Three or I mean, player or something same, like that. Stage. Same the courier comment weekend. I, I, I didn't think, genuinely didn't think three wins on the bounce was too much to hope. That, that's what Dundee should be aiming for. Dundee should be going to the likes of Cove Rangers um, uh, and winning. They were at Hamel, traditionally a difficult venue for any team. Um, but, you know, they, they've got so much inbuilt advantage over a Cove um, in terms of size of squad, budget, the whole bit, that they should really be going and, and winning these. And, you know, and, and what, what's worse is that, you know, coming off the back of the Hamilton when they go up, they take the lead after 10 minutes through Max Anderson, then they, you know, then they concede uh, three. It doesn't really matter whether they're wonder goals or not. Mitch Megginson, you'd almost expect him to score the kind of level he's had at a, um, a, a, a you know, the a career he's had at a lower level. But Connor Scully, apparently, with a, a terrific over, I haven't seen the highlights yet, but I mean, the bottom line is it's not good enough. Um, no, that, team, that, teams yeah, like that, 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 teams like they shouldn't be scoring goals in threes against Dundee, should they? I mean, no, they, they, absolutely not. Um, so there's, I mean, I saw uh, uh, Killian Sheridan in, in the Courier piece today with George Cran saying that you know <clears throat> they've got to sort it out, and you know they usually I mean, I expect players to say we're hopeless, we can't do any better. Than this. I mean, <laughs> we, know, we know what it's like, but um, <clears throat> but. 
it has to get better than this for Dundee. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of ragged. It's up, it's down, you know. Um, a, a really good performance against uh, Queen's Park, um, you know, at, at Dens. Uh, they then lose to um, to Inverness. Uh, you know, I, I mean, that was a tough game. But again, that was a game that they, they could have, and I thought should have won. Um, they go away, they, they win handsomely down at New Saints, irrespective of, you know, we don't know much about New Saints. Good win at, at Hamilton. And then, you know, they, they tumble to this 3-1 defeat. And now, our Broth uh, on Saturday, who will be absolutely fired up for them because it is a derby, it's a local derby. Um, and then hot on the heels of that, you've got Ayr, who have kind of dipped a bit, I think, haven't they? But, um, you know, visit and, and then <sighs> Rangers in the League Cup. Now, I'm tempted to say the League Cup and the Scottish Cup are neither here nor there. They are you know, potentially money spinning. But the key thing for Dundee is getting up. It, it, it's winning promotion. Uh, it's, you can talk all you like about new stadium developments and all the rest of it. What's the point in new stadium development if it ever goes ahead when you've got a club who are languishing in the championship, who are a big, big club with ambitions to be a premiership club, but but become a yo-yo club, are up and down, up and down, um, and and you know and, and are going to the likes of Cove Rangers. I mean, had they won that last night, you know, they're on sixteen points, they're level with Queen's Park in second, they're a, they're a point behind Thistle, albeit uh, play the game more, but now they find themselves um, four points adrift, and and potentially if Thistle won a game in hand, seven points adrift to make up you know it's a lot to make up saying it can't be done but um again there are there are deficiencies i think in in the side as well i mean i know that um that you know gary Boyer hasn't had the you know the, the chance to bring in as many players as he would have liked um then you've got to wonder about all sorts of things their recruitment and all the rest of it how they've gone about their business but the bottom line is is unless they they get their act into gear very very quickly um they're going to find themselves really struggling to being among that top pack for um for a you know for a playoff place i mean it's 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 not early days it's anything but you know you can't be two faced and say on the one hand united or you know eight games into the season there's still time i mean it's it, it's it's not it's it, the season's anything but finished or or looking to be finished but you need well, there's to there's a pattern to it yeah there's yeah, a pattern that's to it now. A part, that's a i mean i think they say that the weekend they need they need to send a signal they need to send a message and at the moment the only message they're sending is this is an inconsistent side who you know if you catch them when they're not absolute at the races you can beat them and you can beat them pretty easily you know so uh, and again on the Face of it, you look. You you look at that side. I like Robinson, who started last night. You know, they, they they're playing that four two three one. I think you know, Cameron McGowan, McMullen up. You know, in, in the three behind the striker, that, that that looks decent. But they're not defending. You know, um, to concede three goals at Cove, I think it's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's simply not good enough. That's that's the bottom line. They've got to remedy that on the training ground. They've got to remedy it in terms of kind of the, the level of concentration that they're getting from defenders, um, and, and and they simply have to start winning games like Cove Rangers. That's that's the bottom line. I mean, this is this you know this is this is a, a a different kettle of fish. I mean, Dundee, and I hesitate. I really mean, I'm a great fan of the, the pyramid system and all the rest of it. Clubs like Cove have done brilliantly. But Dundee, with the history, the tradition they've got and all the rest of it, really should be doing so much better um, in fixtures like this. I mean, that's not a... Let's not be kidded on, Sean. That's, Dundee's defence is not a, a defence that would be fit for the Premiership. But this, it should be... It should be we're not expecting too much for them to be fit for the championship. You know, you look at other def- defenses, back fours. You know, it's they're just not, and that has to that has to be on Gary Boyer. You know, I mean, that you can't. He's had long enough to have a team that's on the pitch that you can put a bit of trust in. You know, in terms of just being having a, 
you know, a few games where they're solid at the back. But, I mean, that seems way beyond them at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, it, it fits into to what we've been talking about, you know, for a few weeks, really. And it's uh, consistency being the key and a lack of it in this case. And that has been, well, yeah, other than relegation, uh, in, in which there was a consistency of, of how bad they were, it's kind of been the story of, of quite a few seasons for Dundee, I think, inconsistency. And I would, I think we've said this before, I would include the one when they came up in that because it was, it was very up and down. Um, so really, again, it, 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 it's just, it's the same old criticisms, even though it's a new manager and, and there are new players in the squad. There are, there are some similarities, obviously. Um, in there, there hasn't been a total turnover, but God Almighty, it's 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 incredibly frustrating time <laughs> to be a Dundee fan because you know week by week it changes. <laughs> You're up, you know. I don't think he knows. He he doesn't know his best team, does he? Um, well, it wouldn't appear so. But then how 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 could you? <laughs> it's just it's it's impossible when. You know, you're you're putting a side out, and then one, you, you know, you think, all oh, right, here we go, we've got it. You know, a nice three 0 win over Queens Park at home here, great, right? Okay, fantastic. We're off on the right foot, and then away you go on. You lose the next one. You concede three while doing it. <laughs> okay, right. Oh, okay, changes. We'll make some changes. <laughs> win the next one three 0 Fantastic. We're on the right. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Lose the next one. <laughs> it's just how can you possibly know what's what's right and what's wrong when it's just it's. It, it, there has to be some some responsibility taken by players as well because it can't all be on the manager because he's he's trying to find his best eleven, uh, you know. But it's not been the task isn't being made particularly easy. <laughs> I don't think. Right. Well, let's let's. I mean, maybe maybe they can we can solve one one uh, both teams both Dundee teams problems with one position. Right. Put Jim. Put push. Put Sean Byrne back in at that team in, in front of the defence, okay? And which brings on it, which makes means he'll have to he'll have to eat a bit of humble pie, won't he? Because he was the one he was going to boyer, happy, boyer yeah, because he was yeah, happy yeah. to cut him adrift. Yeah, but well, he gives good prediction. In fact, mm-hmm. United, let's United could have picked him up. You know, I mean, Sean Byrne isn't a spectacular footballer, but. He does his, he does Effective. his job effectively. Effective, you know, and that's, so. the, that's the key. I mean, at the minute, Dundee are lacking kind of a couple of things. They've, they've limited composure about them, and they're not inventive enough, you know. But also, you know, in, in terms of, I mean, they've made a couple of changes from the the, the team that won at Hamill. I don't, I don't know what was behind it, but Williamson Anderson came on. Grayson and Mulligan dropped to the bench, didn't they, you know? Um, and, you know, by the sound of things, they just kind of, you know, they just could not find any composure. Couldn't why find do, why through, do that then, Jim? Maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe, I'm, oh. uh, maybe I'm missing out injuries. So uh, uh, apolog- apologies to Gary Boyer if, I, if I've not picked up on, you know, niggles or anything like that. But just, and oh, like I mean, championship I, I, level, if your team <clears> wins well at Hamilton, you know, just play them again. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I mean, I, I don't know either. I don't know whether they had niggles, whether they picked up niggles, whether they kind of had, you know, I mean, a lot of managers, even with a winning team, will look at training you know, I know there's much training between um, a, a, <laughs> a Saturday, and, a Saturday and, and, and then a Wednesday. You know, it's usually kind of just loosening sessions and all the rest of it, you know. Um, maybe even a day off in between. So, well, the Wednesday's a day off until you play, you know. So, I, I, I don't know, you know, what, did he see enough? Or just Did he not see enough even within a winning performance that, that you know, that, that pleased them? Combination of things. But the bottom line's quite simple. They, they are 
they should be doing better. They have the squad to do better, or theoretically they have the squad to do better. This is where we get into Dundee United territory. How much longer can you say on paper that looks like a good squad and a squad that should be doing better when the league table is quite the league table quite clearly tells you um, that they're not doing as well as you think they should be doing, and they're not. Yeah, I mean, Sean, there's a wee point I would I would make, and maybe I, again, maybe I'm unfairly. <laughs> I'm not criticising, but I'm fairly sort of representing things because I'm not done D games. But I do see a lot of pictures uh, coming through our system after these wins that Dundee get, and Gary Boyer seems to be one who will be over at the. F- We've got a lot of fist pump pictures of uh, Gary Boyer post match celebrations. Shall we say? We've got we've got a lot of pictures of Gary Boyer when Dundee win, giving it the big the big sort of fist pump and you know not, not quite Klopp-esque you know in front of front of the travelling Dundee supporters or whatnot. my advice would be to maybe rein that in a wee bit because I think in, when you're going when it's boom and bust the way it is with Dundee you shouldn't be let's not let's not get overly carried away with winning at Hamilton or whichever you know whoever it is they're beating next I think I think they need to just get their heads down, put three or four results together, you know, and then, you know, think, okay, right, this is the time to to lap it up in front of the in front of the fans. I'm not saying you, you've got to, you, you know, you, you applaud the fans and all the rest of it at, the full, t- at full time, and it's, I'm, I'm maybe, it's maybe not the biggest point in the world, but, you know, if, if, Saint, if, if Saints, if Dundee beat Arbroath on Saturday, unless it's, unless it's like a, an injury time winner or something like that, I think, Gary Boyer does his quick. I think he should just do his quick applause, handshake with Dick Campbell, get down the tunnel, and think this is. I think what the point I'm trying to make is. I think Dundee need to get into a mindset of we need to just be. We need to be a winning machine. You know what I mean? We don't need to. You know they need to start thinking. Yeah, exactly. Get into that mindset rather than you know. Oh yes, winning winning at Hamilton. That's yeah. Here we go. Type thing. Would do you think I'm making a fair point, or do you think I'm? I'm, I'm taking it completely, a, a completely think, meaningless one. I think it depends on the nature of of of, of what Boyer's actually doing, and it's difficult. Like for you, I'm just seeing difficult. the pictures. You, yeah, know, exactly. you know the Same pictures here. I'm talking about, don't you? Here, but I've only yeah. seen photos, so it might just be that you know photographers are capturing him in in the one second where he's applauding. Uh, and the rest of the time he's completely stoic. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, yeah, I, I, as a general point, I know what you mean. Yeah, because it, it, particularly when it's a sort of roller coaster in form, you know, if you're going to celebrate the wins, then how do you handle the defeats? Uh, because, well, you just don't acknowledge them. Well, if that's the way that, that you handle the defeats, then there's a school of thought that says, well, you shouldn't acknowledge the wins in, in a big way. Yeah, because it's it um, just plays into the whole boom and bust feel around Dundee does, just now, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's already enough of that. There <laughs> is enough of that, well exactly on this podcast. Is it a, is it a fair point, Jeb what, what what does he give it the, the big celebrations at full time when, when Dundee win? <clears throat> no, I mean I, I, I I'm a positivist. I, I like to see managers embracing kind of win and and you know and enjoying it along with the punters. Fans have paid a lot of money to go and particularly travelling fans, you know, but they paid a lot of money anyhow to to watch the game. Saints fans <laughs> Some Saints fans outside Tannadice and Saturday were raging 28 quid. Well, uh, they did a lot pay of money, a lot of money. You know, yeah. Some boycott it, you know, 
but um, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm, uh, I mean, each individual game, I think, is taken on its merits. So, I mean, I, I like to kind of, I'm not going to be kind of a reverend killjoy like you, Eric. You know, I like to see the celebration <laughs> when <laughs> I, I see nothing wrong with ever giving it a fist bump and a big kind of, yes, we, we've done it. But yeah, we are right. They do, need, they do need to put a run of ones together to do even more of these fist bumps. <laughs> I, guess, I imagine what he's going to be like when, if, if, let's, let's be optimistic if and when Dundee get promoted, eh? Hmm. It's going to be it's a big if the way they're playing at the moment, but let's hope. Well, yes, I mean it's another. It'll be a, it'll be a cracking game, won't it? At the at the weekend, Jim. I mean that's. Oh, I think so. Of, I mean uh, the, it's uh, there'll be a big crowd, whatever you know. I mean they'll take a big support down anyhow. So it will be. Um, yeah, the one thing you always hope for are both is that the weather is, is reasonably kind because the wind can. Uh, I mean, so I that's as, that's t- as much as you can ask for, is it? Reasonably. Oh, I, remember, kind, I remember yeah. being a telly reporter doing the Motherwell Scottish Cup game when you know just before half time the, the corner flags were actually touching the ground and I'd got the nod. I went up. And the ref gave me the nod to say, "Look, I don't think this is going to go ahead." And I went out and told um, one or two of the you know cameramen who were positioned and the Motherwell fans overheard me. And started screaming, "Ball at me as though it was my fault that the game was going off." And it did go off. So I mean, you can get days like that at Gayfield, you know, even now in October, where the wind can make a, a very, very difficult indeed. And trying to play kind of football on the deck, you know, uh, keep the keep the, the high balls low, kind of thing, can be very difficult. So, um, and and of course, our growth of, I mean, it's, it's been a. Struggle for our growth, isn't it? I was at another oh, week that was there and he was saying, look, we'll never repeat last season and all the rest of it, you know. Um, but I don't think he, I still don't think Certainly he expected not it this to be, year. <laughs> well, no, that's right. And I don't think he expected it to be this bad. I mean, and it's, you know, it's potentially, I mean, there's a lot, load of great stuff going on at Arbroath, you know, I mean, they, they've put their season book, I mean, they were playing about three, 400 people a few seasons back, I mean, they've now got, I think, a season book um, base of about 1,300, you know, and they're getting average crowds of about 2,000, so that's fantastic, but none of that matters if you're bottom of the table, and that's where they are at the minute, you know, um, so loads to play for for Arbroath, and, and who better to do it against it than Dundee, and if Dundee lose this one, jeez, oh, you know, it kind of drags them even further down the table. Great for their growth, but um, it would be a grim result for Dundee to lose it. On that cheery note, for uh, Dundee fans, thank you very much, Jim. Thank you, Sean. And thank you for everybody listening. We'll be back next week. Bye just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.